was a Quite the Thing media production. Hello everyone and a warm welcome back to your favourite wrestling pod. My name's Kev. Um, I'll apologise right at the start. Our, our booking has been a wee bit more erratic than even say late in the NIE and early 2000 WCW lately. So I've just not been able to get the squad together. But I'm pleased to say we've got three members of the band here tonight. Craig can't make it. He's off golfing or some absolute nonsense. But we are here to talk about a real man's sport. Um, I have got the usual co-host with me. First of all, Mr. Simon, how are you? Hello, Kev. How are you, mate? You good? Uh, I'm well, mate. I'm well. And Mr. Zander makes up this three-man band. Glad to be here and glad to be the third man, mate, coming out on the last <laughs> week. Aye, hopefully you're the... The same effect as the third man did back in the NWO days, which is he he done all right for himself, mate. He made a, he made a couple of shillings in the business, but ah, we better. <laughs> ah, we better. Um, we're here to review Full Gear 2021, as we record this on the the Monday night. We always have a wee bit of the fallout. Now, I will be honest. I have watched bits of the show. Anyone that's ever listened to me in these pods know that I I like certain aspects of AEW, some not so much. And some bits now, since the arrival of CM Punk, I absolutely love. But, Xander, you will have probably watched it all, watched the pre-shows, watched the after-match interviews, watched the the media scrums, and now you're probably back watching New Japan. And, Sai, I think you've watched 99% of the pay-per-view. Yeah, pretty much. Aye, about, I've maybe one match I kind of missed and didn't pay attention to one of the other ones. But, no, it was aye, good event. And, as you say, Xander's probably watched the majority of it and you know Tony Khan always puts on the best show that he can oh the best show that he can is that a pun or is that just <laughs> um, right I'll ask this question before we start then right Sai what match were you looking forward to the most on this pay-per-view what what distracted you to watch this I know you'll probably watch it anyway but if you were sitting down with the card the things you say I want to see that um, oh, definitely the, the main event the Omega v Highman match I mean it's what, two years roughly in the making since AEW debuted, Hangman failed to win the, the title at the the very first pay-per-view event they held, and it's been a good build ever since. It's probably been one of the, the more better storylines in wrestling over the last couple of years. You've obviously had Daniel Bryan's road to the title at Mania 30, but this, this, was, this ran it close in terms of uh, fan engagement and just getting everyone behind one guy in particular. So yeah, I was, I was definitely looking forward to that match. Um, and uh, most of the matches actually, but um, the main events I was really looking forward to the CM Punk Eddie Kingston, Kofi Kingston, Eddie Kingston <laughs> match there. But and then even the Inner Circle match, and that's mostly through the the promo work that uh, Jericho and Dan Lambert, the sparring between the two, has been fantastic. And I hope this isn't the end of him, uh, Dan Lambert in AEW, because he is a fantastic stick guy. He's just he could do a lot for for AEW going forward. And Xander, what, what sort of attracted you to this card? Because you're, you're probably the biggest wrestler nerd I know, and, and that is a compliment, mate. That is not an insult, that is a compliment. And I say that to you. But what was just looking, what was sort of standing out as the, the, the must-see matches on this card for you? Uh, for, for me, actually, uh, I haven't really gotten to talk about it a lot on the, uh, on the wrestling pods, but I, I am a big, big tournament fan. Uh, so Miro versus uh, Brian Danielson. Again, I got to get used to saying that. Uh, Brian Danielson <laughs> in, in the tournament finals. That was um, that was when I was sort of thinking, oh, okay, this is good. Then a uh, big 
big important final on, our, on the pay-per-view show and it sort of went, you know, sort of midway around the card a bit where everyone was getting a bit more hyped up after the first couple of matches. So uh, I was really looking forward to that uh, the other night because, yeah, again, I'm a huge tournament guy. I'm also a huge, huge fan of, of Nero, especially when he was a Rusev character on WWE. And, of course, like, how can you not? How can you not like Brian Danielson? So it was just a match made in heaven at that point. Uh, and I, I, we will get on to it at some point, but it, it, it's, it was a great... I was uh, not disappointed, let's say that. <laughs> uh, right, OK, for me, I say I'm... I dip in and out every week in the group chat. Colin comes in all last night. It was <laughs> amazing. Um, Sai puts in his picture of Tony Khan as a god. Um, and, it, and then we sort of roll around again. But for me, for me the, the one I wanted to, to watch is CM Punk. And obviously... I've mentioned before I'm a big NJF fan. I've said for a couple yeah. of years now he's the best heel in wrestling. Not so fond of him doing dances with Chris Jericho, but when he's back doing this and he has been, I would say his best guy, but probably the worst guy he could possibly be with some of the lines that he's been hitting out with lately. Um, a wee bit close to the bone for some people, but no, I absolutely love NJF. So that's what I was looking forward to. We will go through this. Some of it we will talk in depth about. Some of it we might skip over a wee bit for things that maybe didn't catch your interest. But that's wrestling. That's what Tony Khan delivers. He, uh, I've ever ever been critical of Tony Khan. It's certainly not been for the the variety he puts on. He generally his shows have something for everyone, yeah. whether it be old time fans like me, whether it be people like Colin that like the, the spot monkeys or the mm. young bucks flipping about doing seven hundred super kicks. Or whether it be your Japanese um, New Japan lovers like, like Xander, he it really does love everything, and that's what would be commended, I suppose. But book of the year. That, book of the year. You say that every year, and he's only been booking for two years. Um, <laughs> right, let's start at the very beginning, as somebody once said, a very good place to start. Uh, and I'll just add Xander this. Did you watch the pre show, Xander? I did, I did watch the pre show. I'm a. Um... I'm a huge Thunder, Thunder Rosa fan. Uh, when when they signed her, I, I, I honestly think it was one of the biggest signings AEW made this year. Because uh, she's extremely popular wherever she goes. Honestly, like there's, I think there's now a, a compilation on YouTube now of just every time that she just shows up at shows. And honestly, the, the reaction she gets is incredible. And it's, it's crazy for, uh, especially an indie star right now, it's, it, it's, it's crazy for someone to just get like a huge pop uh, for really no build-up to their, like, uh, to their entrance or debut or whatever. So um, getting Thunder getting Thunder Rosa was a good get from AW. Uh, and somebody's got to go on the pre-show. So uh, I, I suppose it's fine for to go on there. Uh, but the, the pre-show match was fine, though. Honestly, it, it's, it's not that bad. If, if you ever have, I don't know, five or ten minutes where you're, you kind of be arsed in it, and then it's just, you know, stick that match on from the buy-in. It's, it's honestly not that bad. It's a um, bit of um, sort of fast-paced to sort of get the whoever was there, crowd uh, going, because, you know, a lot of people didn't need to show up uh, five minutes before the show actually starts, so uh, for the crowd that actually did show up for that pre-show, uh, they, they put on a good, a, a decent little match for them, and of course, uh, Karu Shida and Thunder Rosa did win that, so it was, it was not bad. Pre-show matches are what they are, I always think it's very yeah. good thing to throw stuff out, and pretty much, JR always says, maximise your minutes, you've got a great chance, okay, the, the full crowd might not be in there, but going out of a good match and set the stage for the people that are going to come on next and and they did it's, I say, that's if you're not on the match or the, the match 
if you're not on the main card, be on the pre-show, and blow everyone away, then demand that you're on the next card, because they always say, if you don't go on last, go on first, because that's when you get to make the best impression, so if you like to mate, I will take your word for it. Um, but the main show starts, we've got the, the usual trio of JR, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur still wearing that daft mask uh, on commentary. Uh, uh, before I start, I'll ask you guys, I'll ask you five first, what do you make of this commentary team? Because they do come under a wee bit of criticism. Yeah. Um, Excalibur says a lot of fancy words. Tony Schiavone sort of just goes along and JR... Everyone loves JR, right? I don't know a wrestling fan that does not love Jim Ross. Yeah. But, I mean, I can remember them mixing names up back in the day when it used to be Matt and Jeff Hardy. You used to always get mixed up. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and I get I can't believe him for this. Daniel Bryan is now back to being, what is it, Brian Danielson? Brian so Danielson, yeah. He, and he, <laughs> he had to correct himself a, a couple of times here. But what do you think of this? Is this something that they should keep or... I know they're talking about JR maybe having a break because he's obviously got health issues. Yeah. Um, and it follows him on Twitter, so he's, he's dealing with that leg issue. But what do you think? Do you think that we keep this or do they mix it up? Because I know that there's quite a lot of commentators at AEW. Yeah. sometimes put Jericho and Punk and stuff yeah, on Tom. I think, really, they could probably go with two. I mean, JR's obviously your main commentator. And Tony was a main commentator in his stint in WWF and WCW as well, so you've kind of got the two of them vying for that that spot, and, and you can tell that Tony's sort of he's restrained a bit in what he does, so it's, it would probably make sense for JR to take a wee step back for a while and let Tony and Excalibur just go as a double, because I mean that when you had JR and the King, that's when, when WWF was at its best, when Vince took that wee step back as well, so yeah, I would I'd say for his own good to now, take a wee step back and let Tony try and get back to what he could do. I mean, we've seen his sort of his sort of double act he had with, with Bobby the Brain Heenan, even though Bobby couldn't stand him at times, it was it was still good. It was good good for the fans, it was good engagement as well. So yeah, back in the day Tony would have been would have been leading that team, I think. Deep down he probably wants to, but he's he's got too much respect for, for JR just to to try and uh, butt in ahead of him, so I think that's a call that Tony can only to make in future and try and placate JR some other way. But yeah, if it was me, I would go with the two of them. I would go with Tony as the main the lead commentator and Excalibur as your sort of colour and insight guy. Dander, what's your thoughts on the commentary team? Because I tell you what, see if you don't have JR and comms, if you can get JR to head up your talent relations or your your recruitment policy, you only need to look at his track record of the people he's signed. JR knows how to sign a superstar. If you're going to take him off that main desk, get him behind the scenes working with people because he might mix up your name now and again, but he knows talent. Oh, he, he definitely does. I mean, you even hear it on the, hear it on the GR podcast. Like, there's some, there's even wrestlers in the indie scene that he spoke about that I've never heard of. Uh, when I go and check out clips of them, they they look like you do have real something about them, and, that, and that's because he's just got a natural, he's just, he's just a natural of finding, uh, and looking at someone straight away and just thinking, oh, you've got something, I wonder what else you can do about that, you know, kind of like how Dusty Rhodes kind of had that, and that's why I think NXT were extremely grateful to have someone like him there. Uh, when it comes to Tony Schiavone, I think you guys know that I will be an absolutely humongous fan of him, because of uh, <laughs> Havoc 95, where... <laughs> 
the fucking mummy character <laughs> comes out and you just hear him go, the Yeti! <laughs> I don't know why he just went so hard on that, but I mean, it makes it makes that show for me, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of Shibori back. It's, um, and I mean, he doesn't even just do commentary, he does a whole lot of other stuff on AEW as well. Like, yeah, on the TV he does. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's nice to see that he's more involved in the show. Uh, when it comes to his caliber, he's kind of a whatever to me. Um, if you were to pull him out and put Taz back in a lot more, that'd probably be him in me as well. I think Taz is hilarious in comedy, so um, that third commentary spot is kind of whatever to me. But Jim Ross and, uh, and Shivani are, are totally fine options for me, e- even if Jim Ross is showing his age a little bit with the, with the, the mix-ups. Never seen him again. And I know AEW do like to mix it up, and I said just thought, I mean, JR, I said JR's an absolute legend, and I think he adds a lot of legitimacy to a big match. So even if you were to do the full thing where you rotate him out, maybe don't have him doing Rampage or Dynamite and just literally give him the pay-per-views, that might be harsh on whoever's doing it week to week, but it is what it is, and I said JR is uh, probably the best that we've ever had. Okay, Sai... Let's talk the first match of the night. You're a bit of a Darby yep. Allen fan. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, right, when I started watching this, I did start making notes. Um, and I did make some notes from this one. Now, spoiler, they don't last very long. But well, they come out right, and I will say right off the bat, I do like the whole Darby half-dead inside angle yeah. story, right? I'm a great believer, Sai, and you know, we spoke about this before, about how a lot of modern wrestlers, like, they just sort of, they tell you that's him. They don't tell you why that's him. He, he's that. Right, okay. Right, that is that. But they, they gave us the eye of backstory. They told you about the car accident. Now, me, as a, an, an irregular viewer, I, I picked that up and they told me that story. Yeah. You can understand why he paints his face. Right, you can understand some of the moves he does, and I'm on record side saying that I am not a big dives person. I don't like them. I, I think they look stupid, especially when you've got four people standing outside looking yeah. up, waiting to catch somebody coming off the top. But the way Darby does his dive, oh, he literally amazing. flings. He flings his body and uses it as a weapon. He doesn't do it to come and catch me. He literally yeah. just flings himself. Um, yeah, it has, yeah, it's like a dart, isn't it? It's just oh, straight out. Aye, some of the bumps he takes. I've, I've no doubt somebody will be over a word saying, look, you might want to calm down a wee bit, let him talk yeah. to Mick Foley for 20 minutes, but <laughs> what did you think of this match? Cause I, I, I'll be honest, mate, I thought this was outstanding. Oh, I, I've said to Colin the other day, this was a match of the year candidate right off the bat. I went, oh, first match of the night, and it's really hard for the other matches to try and top it, because some of the moves, some just the way they told the story, MGF obviously saying that he could beat him with a side headlock, roll over and stuff, I mean, it was so well done, it's you just run out of words to describe so they are, I mean they're still only guys that are in their early 20s so they're going to be the future of the company and no, they had the crowd in the palm of their hand, the moves they were doing MGF doing the the, um, the tombstone on the apron was fantastic, what a spot that was and oh, there's just no words to describe them, I mean see if you could give them X amount of stars it would be 100 out of 100 it was just it was sensational, and for me, I would even go as far as saying it's probably the best match I've seen this year. And there wasn't a lot of there, there was dives, right? But you accept the dives because that's part of Darby's um, offense. That's the way he yep. builds them. 
Um, Xander, what was your thoughts on this match? Because you, I see you watch a wee variety of wrestling. You like the hard-hitting Japan stuff to some of the nonsense that WWE put out, including dolls and people with special powers and all that. But what did you think of this match? Uh, yeah, that, no, this match is tremendous. Uh, uh, honestly, t- talking, we, we've, we've had good discussions about this as well. When, like, talking over the last five to ten years, when you speak about those incredible, like, pinpoint sort of bullet pin first matches of the pay-per-view card, this should be up there for a good conversation. Of, uh, it's one of the best. Uh, it was it gen- genuinely, like, Genuine spectacle now for AEW. This type of stuff, I think. I think if you were sort of if AEW were to make a a sort of documentary, we said at any point about uh, talking about their sort of like matches that they put on, uh, the sort of psychology behind them and the philosophy that they try to add into their matches. I think MGA versus Darby Allen is should be a match where you put on that documentary and you also kind of show, you know, if they ever try to do this a whole like you know talent sort of thing or maybe like a you know, a, a, a gym type of thing, and then they need to show, like, the sort of newer guys the sort of blueprint of what you want to do. Show them this match. Show, show them the dirty bastard to NGF against the really cool Darby Allen, uh, and, and have that go start of the show with the kids really pumped up for the night and having to keep that momentum going uh, for, for the 20 minutes or however, however long they had uh, to go for. And, like, and as, you know, Sammy mentioned, that, that team film was... Absolutely incredible. Yeah. That was a fa- fantastic move that one, uh, and even, even, even getting near uh, near the end to it as well. I, 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 near near the end, of it, I was just sort of thinking to myself, like when MGF does use that headlock takeover, I was sort of thinking to myself, wow, like <laughs> this guy is really not dedicated enough for his in ring work because that was just that was incredible from MGF, and that, like, that's the only word I can use for it. There's nothing else I can say about that much. Uh, he was he was absolutely brilliant in the ring, um, and I I, I think I think. Giving him the result was the was the right call as well. Yeah, it keeps it going, doesn't it? For another couple of yeah. months anyway. And that's the thing, see, when 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 Tony Khan wants to either start a pay per view off right or keep the fans get Darby Allen, he's always on the pay per views. You notice that when you look back through, he's always on the card. He's he's just a steady hand really for them, and that just shows the the confidence they've got in him already um, from him. I mean, he's still same as the MGF, the two of them. They're always on the pay per view events, and that just shows like, the confidence that the management have got in the two of them. The, the thing I would say, right, and I don't know about a place for AEW is they don't do rematches. If this was Raw tonight as we were recording, you'd probably get a rematch of this match, and then yeah. next week we get a rematch of it, right? See if they do this right, and again, I've spoken about it before on pods, they could have this feud. All the way to the world title, as in like they have it now. Yeah, build up for years. Yep. Maybe, yep, maybe next year uh, they could have it feuding over a, a belt. What's their sort of mid cards? Yeah, TNT belt or something. Yep. They could have it that, and then two or three years in the line. I mean, again, if they're clever and they book it right, and oh, keep MGF, but MGF keeps winning, and then eventually when Derby, if they ever decide to put the big belt on Derby, which stranger things have happened, you could have a, a feud like this for years. A bit like Triple H versus The Rock. Yeah, it's certainly. I disappear. It seems like that's the way they're building it because that's the way the the promos have been. As if they've said they've always fought each other outside AEW and stuff, and they've always been those sort of sort of mortal enemies. So yeah, that that's a good idea, Kev. Actually, I. Um, and I say the only one they put in is where was Wardlow? Why did he not come out with MGF? Was that an instruction or something like that? 
No, there was there was nothing, mate. But he didn't. He came out towards the end, obviously. And the, Aye. The That's that, that was my only thing that they, they never they never brought him out. Um, the only thing, if I'm being a small critique, and it's not of the match, is I would have liked a wee video package before it. But maybe that's yeah. just me being WWEized think... over the years. I'm used to having a yeah a, a quick catch me up. I think they've st- uh, they, they used to do it, but they've done away with it on the AEW pay-per-views. They do it on the, the YouTube sort of buy-in shows. They show the, the videos done and it stuff for the now. Match. Aye, um, I mean, I they'll, know, they'll pick and choose, aye, but it seems to be the It's what. just strange to say it would be good for, especially at the start, but if you've got people that aren't regular viewers rather than having a yeah. pal tell them what's happening. Because I mean, me and you, we watched SummerSlam within a regular viewer, and... You yep. get the promos out, so just a wee totally daft thing, and I quite gone for the finish. The finish I thought was outstanding. MJF just begging him to get hit, begging him to hit him, begging yeah. him to hit him. The referee takes it away, and then Xander says the, the the sneaky heel hits him with the ring, and yeah. then pins him with the move that he was taunting him with. A daft roll up, um, no, absolutely outstanding, and like you said, Sai, very very hard, very very hard to top it because. <laughs> What I opened to the pay per view, it was it was absolutely wonderful. Um, next match, and the reason we'll start with Xander. The Lucha Brothers defending their tag team titles against FTR. Now, FTR had defeated them for, was it Mexican tag belts or something like that? According to the story, was it? Was it oh, so sorry, yeah, so the uh, FTR basically like, pretended that they were like Lucha wrestlers themselves. Uh, wore masks and stuff and then faced the Lucha Brothers uh, in, a, in a tag match for the AAA titles and then took them right off them and then unmasked themselves to be FTR, uh, which is a really, really big deal in Mexico, of course, if you're the AAA tag titles, uh, if you're a AAA champion and you're not from South America, that's a really mm-hmm. big deal for that company to do, kind of like when New Japan would put um, their main titles onto an American, that, that's a really big deal because that's, that sort of solidifies, the company sort of solidifies you as saying like, you are so big, and like in, in our company and around the world, that we trust you with with that lineage, uh, which which I'm a, I'm always a big fan of. So um, it, it's nice to see that FTR are finally being recognised for just how good of a tag team they are, and and, and how popular they are as well, especially now joining the AEW. Uh, this match in particular though, against the Witcher Brothers, uh, again I thought it was another really really good match. Uh, especially I mean it, it would have been difficult to follow MGF and Darby Allen. I find these guys done absolutely fine with it. A uh, lot of lot of really good hot tags in there, and, and one of my favourite things about it is that they're clearly both very different tag teams in terms of their wrestling style. Lucha Brothers will do sometimes you're you're jumping around and and you know you're whatever like they 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 can put on a Young Bucks match as well as put on an FTR match. Uh, that they're very different that way, but of course FTR are going to do what they do all the time, no flips, just fists, uh, and uh, and and they're going to wrestle you to the ground. Um, be the the sort of heelish team that that is as well. You know, if if it looks like there's going to be a, some some sort of big move planned up, FTR will, will calm that down and sort of take it back in their own. You know, do it on their terms type of thing. I, I, I always like that idea. And and uh, and I thought I thought this match was really really good. And I think this was also again the right result in the end. Um, when the oh gosh, was he, he does like the the switcheroo as well. Uh, when when FTR try that, and it, it's actually like. It, it's just smart tag team wrestling again, which I shouldn't really be saying that, but I watch so much WWE that like I forget what smart tag team wrestling looks like sometimes. 
And so to say it when I'm watching this show, you know, I should I shouldn't be saying that. I should be watching AEW Tag Team Wrestling regularly, or and WWE, and I should be saying like, yep, these are, this is just good tag team wrestling. But the fact that I need to watch AEW Tag Team Wrestling and appreciate it more rather than just knowing that it's good wrestling on both sides, because one side is absolutely dreadful with it and this side is just great with it. Uh, it it's really disappointing. But nah, this match is this match is top notch. Genuinely, this is a top notch match. Uh, and and yeah, and, and, and Cash takes the pin in the end after the assisted power driver on the eligibility team. And again, I thought it was a good match. Sai, for me, it was a wee bit jumpy. I'm not a fan of the, the jumpiness. Um, <sighs> the Lucha Brothers are just not my sort of team. As Andrew mentioned it there, they're, they're very young boxy. I do love <laughs> FTR, but, and I did like it when he done the Eddie Guerrero. Um, yeah. The three suplexes, how, how good was that for heel heat? And having many debates of, with Andrew's dad about how, oh, that doesn't work anymore and all that, and everybody knows everything. <laughs> well, you tell me, that's how you get heat with MJF and then with the FTR. Yeah. Still able to get heat doing daft things, but what did you think of this? Because you're, you're somewhere in the middle, you're not quite as old school as me, but you, you like a wee bit of fluffiness. Yeah, I do, but um, these two teams are just fantastic at the best of times, and the only complaint I had was the, the finish. I just don't think that pile driver move is a good finishing move for a team that's as good high flying as they are. And it just seemed a bit sloppy eh, towards the end of the match for me. The whole, I don't know if they're going to make a storyline of it if it was a illegal man get pinned. They seem to be hinting at that on the commentary. But apart from that, no, no real complaints. The finish was a bit sloppy apart from that, but. I do enjoy the two of them. FTR sort of that brings you back to the sort of brain busters era, and that's when I first started watching sort of 89, 90, and I mean, they were just hard bastards at the time, the two of them, Arn and Tully, when they were a team. So, no, it's it's, it's a good, they're a good, um, how do you say it, good opposition to the sort of flipping around of the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, but as you say, the Lucha Bros are probably, they are the best team in it just now. The two of them are just fantastic, the, the work that they do. I'm not too sure about the wee manager guy. He's a bit of a pain in the ass at times, but no, <laughs> the two great teams and FTR, will, they'll probably keep it going because they've got those AAA titles still and I imagine they'll want to um, further that feud a bit more. And probably come back around, like Dan and yourself mentioned, that they've sort of left it open for a rematch. I know they're not big on rematches, but is that the... I think so, yeah, because they've got FTR have got those AAA titles, but I think that's more of a it's more of a comedy thing for them. That whole they've got the the knee pads, the American and the Mexican knee pads. I think it's just a sort of piss take of the whole lucha libre style of wrestling. So I'd imagine they'll, they'll drop those titles back to the lucha bros sooner, unless they're going to fight down AAA and one of the teams down there beat them. But no, it's it's certainly set up for a rematch. Um, right, I may as well just stick with Xander here because he was the one that mentioned this at the top of the show. Next up was the, the climax of the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Um, I think it's fair to say, Xander, that you probably looked at the brackets and thought this would be your final. Nero has certainly recovered from him when he first sort of broke into AEW. He was widely ridiculed for hanging out with some guy playing video games or something, but I think we all agree that this is the best version of Miro when he's an absolute destroyer. Uh, against, I mean, I think he's a wee bit small to be a world champion, but we can't really dispute Daniel Bryan's 
Muslin ability. People are into him. He's over like over as the 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 fat mortgage guy says. <laughs> what did you think of this match? Yeah, no, as I as I say the top of the show, it's um I'm I'm a huge, huge fan of that tournament, especially for when it's like when there's a, a title um a title opportunity involved or even the title itself is involved. It's um t- tournaments are a, a great way I think to show uh to show what people can can really, really do. Uh, in the ring, I find you give it a bit more freedom uh, when, when you're given a match, and, and then and especially if you go far as well, you, you're given that as well, and it just makes you feel it makes you feel a bit more sporty that way as well. You know, we talk about we talk about having a sports view a lot of the time now. The, uh, in the last couple of years, I think tournaments give it that a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I think they have for years ever since the, um, the you know the famous first King of the Ring uh, up down there all the tournaments. I think they all have that sport feel behind them. So. But but I, I agree with you though. I think I think Miro being that um, that huge monster that, that that he should be he should be a big monster king. Uh, that's definitely where he's at his best. And uh, yeah, I mean he can go as well. I mean I I'm not, I don't find Daniel Bryan uh, sorry fuck me. I don't think Brian Danielson carries as much. I think um, I think Miro holds uh, holds himself up as well like quite a bit here you know, just because I think he's always wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, and, and being with Brian Danielson is going to help him a lot in the future now for AEW. Uh, being in this match with him, being in the final. Of the championship eliminator tournament is going to help him a lot, especially uh, if I believe maybe you're remembering this really quite wrong here, but he beat Punk, didn't he? To get here, if I'm, am I, am I saying, am I no. remembering that right? No, I'm saying Punk wasn't in the, the in the tournament. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. I, 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 I must remember that wrong. Miro got put in in the it was Orange Cassidy, I think he beat. Right. I see. Right. I mean, even even beating Cassidy is a big deal, especially because Cassidy's one. Like Cassidy, he's one of the most popular stars, so you know yeah. beating all these guys is a big deal. So, uh, and then of course having having this good match with with Danielson, I mean, hitting uh, those um, yeah, t- taking those return kicks and stuff, and uh, the those guys when they properly hit each other because Danielson takes it because he knows that if he has that huge sort of red mark on his chest, then it makes him look pretty cool, uh, which he does. Uh, and and there was even actually there's actually what way one move as well where you sort of understand the power of Miro, and it was when Brian goes for that running knee and then Miro hits him with a power bomb to reverse it. That that type of stuff is is how you build a, a sort of heel like that. Because uh, you know he, he's a massive guy muscular wise, but you know he's not the tallest. Miro he, he's a pretty tall guy, but he's not your like he's not your NBA type of yeah. type of guy. Uh, so you, you kind of do need to build him in that different perspective, but also try and keep that. That strength is now, uh, and I, I, and I thought I also thought the finish is really good, and now now we've got a, a future contender in the world title with, with Brian Danielson when he um sort of playing into that story a bit more now of you know having well, well we are, you know having Omega and Danielson already having that match before and then becoming number one contender, which I think we all knew was going to happen anyway with that way with, with uh, Danielson. It was either going to be him or Cole, I think we were all agreeing on at that point when they both debuted. Uh, and, and with it now being Danielson, I think we've got um, a decent run of good match pay-per-views in the main event now. AEW do that level, that order of people that you could easily put in to a world title match. And I don't think they look out of place. They wouldn't, you wouldn't go, what are they getting a title shot for? Like you said, you've got Danielson now who's got a title shot. You've got Omega, you've got Adam Page. You could easily move Jericho back into the picture if you wanted as a name. 
Moxley when he returns, you could put in there. I'm probably missing half of them. Punk, stuff like that. It's the roster is very, very. It's quite stacked without being overstacked at the top. If you know what I mean, they've got yeah. people busy doing stuff. Nobody's really hanging about, not doing anything. But they could easily move their, their bits about and have a world title feud. And I wonder. Obviously, we'll talk about the main event later, but I wonder how that that fares with them um, going with Daniel Bryan against Hangman Page because that'll be a that'll be a good match. But again, it's it's face versus face, so um, I'm not sure we'll come out and talk about that. The thing I couldn't get over the other side was: did you hear Xander right at the start? A title <laughs> opportunity. Come Don't on, I. man! Come on, like man! He's beaten from the book of Vince. Uh, the of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Once he collects his dad from his medical facility, he'll uh, get himself a title opportunity. Jesus, man. Um, young people, say si, Young people. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this match, mate? Uh, it was your standard sort of match between these two. You're not going to get a really bad one. They're two competent workers. Brian's one of the best going still, even after all his injuries. So... I think I, I would have actually screwed about the win here. I, I think it was the wrong decision to have him win because, as you say, obviously face v face. I'd have liked to have seen his first defence against Miro was a, a heel against the face. So I I felt this was the wrong decision. But I mean, you can't fault the two of them. It's fantastic wrestling. They're just that hard hitting style on both of them. So no, no, not many complaints about the match in general. Just the outcome should have been different for me. When sorry, I wasn't paying much attention to this match. When does he get his title opportunities, Xander? Is that is that next pay per view, or is it whenever he wants, or is that a dynamite, or or what's happening? I wasn't paying too much attention to it. I'm under the impression it's whenever he wants, but yeah. Um, so it it could it could well be because I mean they're probably going to do Omega Page again. Well, they've announced them. Um, I they've announced Brian's facing one of the Dark Order on Wednesday so this is the start so I imagine it'll be February for the next pay-per-view for the time that comes around so at least another three months are we? unless they, they hot shot it and do it in a couple of weeks time yeah, they, might, they might do like a special Dynamite yeah well, they're moving channels aren't they One yeah they I'd, they'll do it then they'll do it then, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, right okay I will be 100% honest I skipped the next match I'm going to imagine there was super kicks I'm going to imagine there was dives I was going to imagine there was all sorts of nonsense. Sai, did you watch this? What Colin called the match of the year, but you could copy and paste that in any, any Young Bucks match. Uh, it was, of course, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Did you watch this and, and what did you think of it? Yeah, it was like, changed into like, a false count anywhere street fight. So Jungle Boy came out in sort of street clothes, a pair of denims and stuff. Luchasaurus still came out dressed as a dinosaur but Christian he was looking he he looked compared to some of the other guys in the match I mean this is Adam Coles came in as a big star but Christian totally overshadowed him again in, a, in this match and the size difference on him the two of them I mean Christian was always considered a small guy wasn't he in WWE but Coles just even compared to Christian now he's tiny Christian was just looked like a million dollars in the match and it was it was a good match actually. So a lot of good high spots as you say, the, the typical young buck sort of stuff as well. But I liked the whole brawling inside and out of the ring. I mean that was well done and you had your sort of the thumbtack spots again with the shoes and the knee pads laced. 
I like the spot as well, Xander, when they put, was it the, Adam Cole put him into a sub, Jungle Boy in a submission and two Young Bucks put the, the tacks into his, into a Jungle Boy's mouth and then they done the sort of super kick off his mouth. So that was, that was a good spot, so. Yeah, got to, got to give them up for that. That was a really good one. I like to see that. I don't really know if they, they didn't have them bust open after, but that would have been better if the blood was coming through his mouth and stuff. But no, it was it was really well done. And then I think there was a wee tease towards the end of the match. He had um, Christian was setting up for a concerto on I think it was one of the young bucks. And then you seen Jungle Boy stand up behind him. I thought, oh shit, is he going to turn and join up with them? So that was definitely a wee moment where I thought something's happening here. But as you say, Christian gave the chair over to, to Jungle Boy and he gave him the concerto and got the pin at the top of the ramp. So it's it's about time he got a big win on a pay-per-view as well because he's he's always there or thereabouts. He's never um he's not never pushed the button with him and let him go any further. So hopefully this is it. But to do that I think they'll probably need to drop the, the sort of jungle boy gimmick as such as well, or at least refer to him by his real name um going forward for for high profile stuff, so for fans to take him serious. But no, it was a good match. Surprising outcome as well, but no, it was pretty good. Xander, thoughts on the super kick thumbtacks trainer spot that we've probably seen before? I'm I'm loving this super click. Honestly, <laughs> I think I think they've been uh, fantastic heels so far. Uh, Cole coming in really, I, I think elevates them a bit better because. Of course, Young Bucks, um, one of their biggest things uh, going for them, especially for their characters, is their YouTube channel, being the elite. Uh, they, they, have a, they have that big growth over there uh, on social media, and, and Cole did as well in WWE. You know, even though WWE had that whole Twitch debacle pish, he was allowed to keep his uh, Twitch channel there, and he's got a massive following on that Twitch channel, and he's, he's got a lot of fans over there. So um, not only does he get to be a heel uh, in the super click, but he's also a bit of a dick on Twitch, which... which sort of elevates that character a bit better. Uh, and and you, you will just see a lot of that again uh, in, in these type of matches. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like this match went a little bit too long. I feel like it could have ended much earlier. Um, but that's just any fucking Christian Cage match, to be honest. I, I, I absolutely love the guy. I think he's a brilliant wrestler. <laughs> but there's sometimes it's like, right, pack it in. You're, you're in your 40s now. Uh, the, the very end, though, that Sly mentioned with the concerto, I think that was a nice little nod to Edge. Uh, and I also think that maybe there's a little bit of sort of Jungle Boy will be um, getting that future push now at some point because it, it, sort of Christian handing him that, key, that, that chair was almost a little bit of a, it was a bit daft to say, but it felt like a bit of a passing the torch slightly to say, this is, you know, take your moment, this is your moment now, you're beating the, you know, the, the biggest faction in the business right now, I would say, uh, even though the New Day is still knocking about, but probably the biggest faction in the business. The, the, that you're putting away right now uh, and, and you're, a, you're a massive name in the company and you're only going to get bigger from there. So I, I feel like that that end part especially was still important, even though I feel like the match maybe went a bit too long. Maybe, you know, maybe chop off five minutes in that, I think. I'd probably agree with Colin about it being one of the best Young Bucks matches, but just a bit too long for me. But it's still a great match, so I'm not honest. Um, I said I didn't watch it. I have absolutely no interest in the Young Bucks. Adam Cole, um, I, I get what you guys are saying. I think he is quite small. Um, Jungle Boy should have a good future. And Christian Cage is one of these guys that 
I don't think he's ever going to be, especially not his age now, but I don't think he's ever be the guy, but he's one of these guys that's good to have in your roster because he could fit in his baby face or heel. He'll generally give you a good match and he's very decent on the mic as well. So if you like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing you like. This next match was quite baffling to me because all the other matches we talk about, we've got the heels, we've got the baby faces. Generally, people will pick a side. We know what we're doing, right? We, we don't really need to be Einstein to work it out. I cannot work out this next match because Pac's a heel, Malachi Black's a heel, Andrade's a heel, and the star of Road to the Top, Cody hmm. Rhodes, is, is not a heel. Sai, why were these four guys fighting? Because ah. I seen Malachi was fighting Cody, and then Cody got his win back. Yeah. This is a mess, an absolute mess, this storyline. I don't know why Black Black should be a loner. He should be with Andrade. He's just, he just holds people down, as we've seen in his time in WWE as well. So I've basically fast-forwarded through this match because i seen Andrade was there, i seen Cody Rhodes was there, and I went, ah, this, this is not for me. I just, I, I, I don't even know who won because I fast-forwarded it straight through. Um, I say... I, I think they played a wee video package, Andrew, but it, it didn't really explain what was happening. Malachi Black, you're you're quite big on him. I think your dad likes him as well. I've I've not really got him. Was his name was it Alistair Black and yeah, no, he is good. He just deserves better than being lumped lumped with these guys. I mean, I just I think a bit of the order was taken away from the last time I watched him in Brandy, who. This guy's battered the life with her husband and all that, but she decides she's tough enough to sit in the brother and just stick the fingers up at him. Again, it just takes the, the aura a wee bit away from him. I don't want to... I think Cody's very guilty of overthinking things. And anyone that did watch Slash Supper rose to the top. That was one of these programs that was so bad it's good. But, like... Sai, you watched it before I come to Xander quickly. They don't seem to be... They don't have any self-awareness, don't they, not the roads? They seem to think that no. they're big stars. They seem to think that they're somewhere between Steve Austin and The Rock. And they're just... They're, they're not on that level. I mean, they're, they're living off the name of Dusty and, and Dustin. I mean, they're the two most popular ones and the two ones that have done the most in wrestling. But these two are just... I feel bad for Cody in a way because she's just a fucking, she's a horrible piece of work as well and she thinks she's something and she's clearly not. I mean, it's embarrassing, this whole, she thinks she should be a wrestler stuff. She shouldn't be, she's hopeless, she's just got no place in the ring, she was a shit ring announcer, shit wrestler, shit ballet, stay off TV and look after the, the kids probably, it's probably the best thing I can say. Xander, you wouldn't go along with those sexist views, would you? Um... But what what was this match? Because okay, I started watching it and Cody's Cody's on the apron and he gets tagged in. Then immediately Pack slaps him in the back and again back slap tags. We've been here before. And then Pack's the heel. But I just I, I just didn't get this match. I didn't get what the point of it was. And help. Uh, basically, honestly, mate, this match was brought on because Cody Rhodes needs on the card. That's literally what this match is for. Cody Rhodes is in the card. 
Malachi Black needs more matches. Andrade Elidolo needs something to do until Charlotte comes over and we can get that storyline done. Uh, and, and I mean, I mean, Pat is great. He should be on the card all the time. Pat, Pat's awesome. I really enjoy Pat. Uh, but but no, nah, this entire match was was so that Cody Rhodes can be in the card. And because you've got Rhodes and the Malachi, the Malachi Black thing going on, it's just sort of like, oh, let's just try and team these guys up and put them together. To be honest, this felt very WWE. It's a very yes. WWE thing to do this. Yes. Throwing two feet together and putting it on a tag team match. That was very WWE, but um what one actually actually so the match is the match is okay by the way. It's not it's not something that I would recommend you go back and watch. It's not not nothing like that. No. It's it's it's, it's absolutely fine. Rose and Pack when uh, Pack gets the black arrow uh, on uh, Andrade to beat him. you're not you're not gonna really pin you're not gonna have uh, Pack beat Malachi Black. Um in a random tag team match, you're not going to do that. So I'd rather it's easier than take a pin here uh, after a, a nice black arrow. But one thing that should be worth noting, though, is that despite all this um, attention around Cody Rhodes, he got booed heavily coming out for this match. And when I yep. was watching it, I was sort of thinking, can I hear Simon from here? But really, that was actually loud in the stadium. It was, it was, it was oh, in, the, in the arena, sorry. That was, it was, um, I was really surprised by that because I thought, AW fans, especially the ones that go to the shows more often, I thought they were sort of warming to Cody a bit better. But it seems like that that turn is right on the cusp right there. And if, if they time it right, Cody could actually become likable soon. <laughs> um, I think I'm on record as saying that him and Brandy could be the biggest heroes in the business if they somehow decide to, to put the belts on them. Can you imagine if he was, because I know he said this whole thing of, I won't wrestle for the belt. If he was to somehow use his power to get a title match, or if he was to somehow end up in a title match and take the belt off Page uh, very, very quickly, and then actually say, "Well, actually, I'm I'm the vice president, and I can pretty much do what I want," uh, and then put the, the women's belt on Brandy somehow, they they would actually probably be bigger heels than MJF. But yeah, Cody Cody's a strange one. Um, I think he is. He's very much one of these guys that perhaps has ten ideas and maybe four of them are decent, but he needs that filter to go through to say like, right, no, that that's crap, Cody, don't do that, do this. And you think he would have it with people like Arn Anderson round about him, but I think it's been mentioned before where you you look at the other VPs, right? Omega was obviously doing that sort of belt collector gimmick and he's he's been at the top of the card. The Bucks have been in. If you like the box matches, right, I don't, that's fair enough. But lots of people do. They've been having high-profile matches. They've been having good matches for their level. They've been involved in major feuds. As with Cody, he's been in and out and disappearing. and He's not really been consistent, but as you boys have touched on, he's, he's getting booed, so... Yeah, they need to turn them. Even though he says he won't, they've got to do it. Um, but... Yeah, um, right, so you, I don't think you watched the, the women's title match, didn't you not? No, I've, I've seen the finish, but that's the thing. The women's division, it's, it's Britt Baker and then it's the rest. I mean, there's a drop-off level in, in qualities. It's substantial. They really need to get that division boosted because a lot of these girls aren't, aren't up to our standard. But, and, and that's fair enough. It's, it's When you launch a new company, it's very hard to get everything right right away. Yeah, uh, I know there's sort of talk that Charlotte might make the jump. She'll she would help that division. I think she would boost it. But they also need to 
bring in others because if you look at the WWE's women's division, it always seems to come back to the, the four horsewomen, if you, if you want to call them that. And it seems to be the same feuds over and over and over again. So it's, it's something that they will need to look at. Hopefully Brandy can get back in ring shape and, and become a contender, Xander, um, because Brandy has money and, and we know that... that what are you laughing at? Um, she, she wants one more run before she, she retires. Uh, but no, did, did you watch this, Sander? You, so you, you, you and your dad are quite... You're fans of the, the old women's wrestling. No, yeah, that, I, I went through this. Um, one thing one thing that's always a big issue, uh, and we speak, about this, we, we speak about this for the last three decades, I would say, but one thing that's always a huge issue is that when you want to book a, a long-term champion, and you want to you want to do that for months on end. Um, not only do you have to work on that character and that sort of um, personality that that they bring with the title, uh, and, and and the name as well sometimes. But who who are they going to face? Who are the long list of opponents that they've got that that make sense? Uh, that don't bury anybody really, uh, and won't won't make this feel like a stale sort of championship run. And right now. Tate Conte's great. Like she, she's a really, really good in-ring performer. Uh, she, she knows her wrestling. Like she, she's very knowledgeable that way. Uh, she does some good moves in this match as well. But if I was to compare Tate Conte to Brett Baker's previous opponents, I would say this is maybe where we start seeing the dip in quality. Like Simon was sort of saying, there's a sort of dip in quality that a little bit when it comes to your Brett Baker. Then you've got Ruby Soho. You've got Thunder Rosa there now. Um, Nyla Rose, I know a lot. I know there's sort of. I know Nyla Rose is a bit like Marmite for some people. You either love her, or you hate her. I'm, I've somehow found to be in the middle with Nyla Rose. I think she's fine. I, I, I think she's got a place in the roster. Uh, if Nia Jax was to sing, for instance, I don't think she would. But that's a conversation for a different time. Uh, and yeah, so I, I, for for this right now, I think this we start seeing that a little bit of different quality a bit until maybe Thunder Rosa does come up for that belt again. I oh, know uh, for that title shot or uh, Ruby Soho would come up for it again. Uh, I think that's where you start seeing the, the more quality wrestling here. But this match is absolutely fine. It's fine for a women's title match. Uh, and of course, Britt Baker stays champion, which again is the another right call. Uh, look, looking looking at this entire card, I can't tell you there was really a match when I saw I thought, I mean, maybe Cody's match, but there's not really a match here where I would sort of say that's probably the wrong decision right now with where they've written that. Like, everything's just been sort of booked the correct way. And, and that's fine. I mean, if every match, right, is seven stars with a big story behind it, with every gimmick, then, then they'll become the same. So I think you're, you're absolutely fine to have a match on a pay-per-view where, like you say, that it's just fine. It's not the defining match of the, the women's division in this company. It's it's just, it's okay. And say so that, that's perfectly allowable because in the future... Maybe in the next pay per view, maybe the one after it, they might not have as maybe two or three excellent men's matches or tag matches. They might just have one of them that's okay, and then they might have an absolutely outstanding women's match. So I say it's fine, and you're and you're right when it comes to long term titles, title reigns. Then then you all have things like this. You all have feuds that we all know that Brett Baker's going over. We we all know the title's not going to change hands, but that, means I we we grew up in this sort of in your house era where we knew that Undertaker wasn't going to lose the belt to Goldust, but we know we'd probably get a decent match out of it and it would tie into the sort of bigger feud. So 
it's absolutely fine to put things on the card and as I, as I keep saying it, it's a buffet of wrestling, that's what Tony Khan offers and like you say, it's not as if she's fighting one of the Bella twins or anything like that, you know what I mean? It's not not oh, that no. level. <laughs> um, but anyway, things did pick up and we got to see M Punk Eddie Kingston match. Now, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard of Eddie Kingston before he came at AEW, I think, was it? Was it a, a Cody Challenge he came out and done? Like, yeah, that he did initially, yeah. An open. Um, yeah, that's right. And I know he's, he's got a lot of love recently because he came out with a, an article or, or an interview or something and talked about his past and stuff like that. And I've seen, Ty, you've mentioned this a few times, but I've seen wee bits of the heel, the heel CM Punk. Um, yeah. And personally, I think heel CM Punk's the best. I think he he's up there with MGF when it comes to being a total duck when he, when he wants to be. And this match was totally different to anything else on the card. CM Punk comes out. Well, Eddie Kingston comes out first, sorry. And Punk comes out right away. There's no clobbering time. There's yep. no stage dives. This is serious. These two guys just want to fight each other. Um, I'm going to say I wasn't too fond of CM Punk sort of baggy boxer shorts type <laughs> shorts. I, I much prefer the tights, but uh, he's obviously changing up his look just to do something different. We've seen him wear long tights and stuff like that. But I love this match. A wee bit of blood. That, again, I, I was skipping matches, so yeah. I can't be 100% accurate. So I don't know if there was blood anywhere else, but a wee bit of blood, which if you're going to have blood on this sort of card, it's, a, it's either going to be one of the street fights or this actual feud. Uh, but Sai, what did you think of this bad boy? Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great match. It was what you'd expect, that sort of, I wouldn't say hardcore, but it was certainly hard-hitting, stiff sort of style. But I'm surprised it went, well, just over 10 minutes it went, so... And it did, it flew in. I, I, when it finished, I was like, what, is that it? I wanted to see more, and I think we probably will uh, see more going forward because uh, the crowd was 50 50 at times in this, this match yeah, as was. well. And, and Eddie is such, he's so good in the mic. I mean, his ring work might not be the best, but he gets fans engaged and gets them liking him. So I don't know if his role here is going to be to sort of attempt that dark side of CM Punk out again. I think that's maybe what he's going to be. He's going to be like the Joker that has Batman as such to try and tempt him back to the dark side. I think it's going to happen. So I can see eventually Punk will, will go heel and it's, it's coming soon. I think they're just riding this wave of his return over the last couple of months. So, But no, it was a great match. It was what you'd expect. Just two guys slugging at it, going at it as well. And just... Just really good. I mean, there's nothing, nothing else to describe it other than it was a really good match, and and I want to see it again, and I hope we do see it again. I think this has got a bit of longevity in it still. Uh, this feud going forward, and there's a possibility of CM Punk didn't need the win. I think if Eddie got the win, he would have gave him a massive boost. Uh, he's still a, he's still a, they call him a veteran as well, but he's still new to a lot of people that watch it these days. He's still new to a lot of eyes as well, so. I think giving him the win could have been it, but I don't know if they're, what their grand plan is with CM Punk going forward. I think Eddie's mana, that whole mantra thing from him, was just beat up CM Punk, just beat him, as in beat him to a pulp, not win the match, but just give him a doing, and that's basically what he did for a lot of the match as well. And Yeah, I want to see it again. That's fair. Um, I, I don't think you were going to see many headlocks or... Um, what do they call suicide or planches or 
some of the other moves that these Canadian destroyer. Canadian destroyer. This was meant to be a fight of two, two people that they did not like each other. They had bad blood going back years. Um, but again, Xander, it's just it's just the total buffet of wrestling, isn't it? We've had uh, we've had tag matches. We've had the MGF match where it was pretty much a, a wrestling match. We've had the um, the tag what's it the trios match they call it where it was sort of hardcore and weapons involved and now here you've just got a rather stiff fight for lack of a better term. Yeah, you do, and it's um it's a buffet that I like to eat everything off of as well, which is <laughs> this was a, a perfect sort of pay per view for me. Uh die there, there's some awesome awesome moments in this match. Like it's not even just about the the three week build which you know, if it was a WWE sort of feud, we'd be saying, oh, baby's build, great, they're going to be dragging us on for months. I'm super excited for it to be dragging us on for months. Like, this has been absolutely brilliant for, uh, for not even a month yet. Uh, <coughs> from, I know it's only been two from, weeks, really, hasn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been like two or three weeks. It's, 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 been, it's been kind of crazy, actually, just how short this has really, uh, this has really been, and, and yet we've already seen such great parts of it uh, as well. And, and punk... punk Punk hitting out a series of Cena moves as well, and then going for the, the five knuckle <laughs> shuffle only to exchange middle fingers. That's a really good spot. And that's a great shot that Punk will remember forever. And like, it's not as we as we as we discussed before, it's not easy for Punk to um, stay motivated in, in this business from what uh, from what happened to him. So hopefully, a shot like that uh, where he's just exchanged a middle finger with Eddie Kingston. Hopefully, something like that sort of makes him think, yeah, I want to stay and do a bit and do this a bit longer, seeing stuff like that. Um, no, nah, yeah, this match is this match is really, really fun. And then obviously you have the goalie sleep for the win for Punk. Uh, and he exchanged a handshake with Kingston and refused and walked away. So we're definitely going to get another one of these and probably see Kingston win it in the return match, maybe? Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of commodity in Punk. He's people like that, oh, he's not been used correctly and all that, and he's fighting on Rampage and stuff. I think a lot of it's just getting them back in. Aye, the swing of things, yeah. Aye. Um, and they'll probably slowly build him up, and eventually he will go into a headline feud. I think it's when he goes for a title and that he'll maybe see his first loss. Mm-hmm. I, I've said before, I'm on record, I think Punk's run now will be very much the like the run of Shawn Michaels when he returns, where he looks at things differently. He doesn't need to be the main event. He doesn't need to be on the the collector's cups, if you know what I mean. He doesn't need world titles. He's probably happy to be involved in the feuds and just the great matches. And Alexander said, they just sort of enjoy himself and have fun because he's earned a good living. He's quite a wealthy guy. And now he's just going to come back and really enjoy himself and, and work with people he wants to. And I say, so far, I've enjoyed the bits I've seen. I'm not going to pretend I've sat and watched every single thing. But his return, I think, will be a slow build. and eventually he'll have a big pay-per-view match and will it be against Daniel Bryan or will it be against maybe like someone homegrown like a hangman Adam Page as I said I'm on record the same before that I think the the Page and Punk feud could be maybe yeah. like the drinking angle sort of maybe the sort of thing that we should have got when if Austin was ever teased to come back you remember everyone was talking about Punk versus um, Steve Austin and stuff like that so, so we make it that but it's something we'll just need to wait and see what happens. But Punk is always worth a watch. 
Uh, right, okay, we're, we're going over with our world. We'll try, try and keep it to an hour, so we'll fire through these last couple of matches. Xander, the inner circle versus men of the year and American top team. I've got to say, those team names are not exactly brilliant, but that's what it is. It's, what was the rules in this? Was it a street fight or was it no DQ? Or, uh, street it's fight, minute, street fight. Street fight, yeah. street fight happens. <laughs> street fight has to have the city name in the front of it, or it's not a street fight. It's either thing I didn't get right. Then I only watched the start of this match. This is as far as I went to the pay per view. They're all standing in the, on the apron, right, waiting on tags, yet there's weapons lying around the ring. So you can slide out and batter the life out of somebody with a trash can, but heaven forbid someone else would come in. That's obviously because the Young Bucks were doing match earlier, but this is where the bookings are a wee bit iffy for me. Um, Xander, did you watch all this match? What did you think of it? Because I know Jericho's been a wee bit up and down in his form. I've seen his video package where he was running in with his shirt open and, and perhaps Trish should maybe start wearing t-shirts if he's going to be doing David Hasselhoff style slow motion running into the ring. <laughs> um, th- this was the type of match where it was a lot of looking at my phone and then looking back at the screen. But there were some there were some decent spots in this match. So you've got some good wrestlers in here. You know, get Sammy Guevara, for instance, he's in there. Uh, you, you've got some you got some decent decent guys in here. You got Ethan Page, um, Scorpio Sky is a bit of another mix. One that people don't really rate. He's I think he's okay. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, of course, continuing his um, rib breaking career in wrestling. Uh, but honestly, see, other than just saying it was a decent little street street fight that was ten minutes long, and then in a circle getting their usual win, that, that's really all you can say for this match. I, I don't actually think this is really anything that um, is worth raving about. Um, I mean, in, in fairness, following Punk and Kingston was never going to be easy. Uh, like we said at the start of the show, I think following MGF and Darby Allen was going to be difficult. I feel like the Lucha Bros and the FTR, and FTR done a good job of that. Personally, I don't think the Inner Circle and Man of the Year did a good job of that following Punk and Kingston. Sai, Dad, I think Xander summed that up pretty well. Uh, yeah, he's, he's summed it up well. And I think the main thing with this was just to get Dan Lambert a, a going over by Jericho, really. That was what the whole sort of thing this feud was. It's obviously this will probably be it now for the old Dan for a wee while. But hopefully we'll see him back, as I said earlier on. But it was a nice wee finish with. Jericho just giving the frog splash and paying homage to, to Eddie. I think this event kind of took place on was it the 16th anniversary? This was, it was the city where Eddie died as well, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it? So, yeah, so that's that's why Jericho done that. And, nah, so it's, it was a good wee finish. And that was that was the end of the feud, really. So, no, no complaints. Typical, as Xander said, typical in a circle sort of got the win, so interesting to see where they go because they seem to split up and then come back together then but that's a good thing about them they don't really need to be together all the time um so i don't like coming together when jericho's not doing the tour i when they've not got when, when there's a real threat against them <laughs> is when they'll come back together so yeah aye. it'll be interesting i think jericho's going to take some time off now so good maybe to see come where back. They go. That'd be maybe go back to wwe <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, Sai, I may as well stick with you because this is your boy. You called yep. it. I didn't think they would put the title on Adam Page. I thought they would maybe keep it and have Daniel Bryan or maybe a punk take the belt from Omega further down the line, but they went from it. I've seen Tony Khan's on record as sort of saying this was his plan all along. Mm-hmm. He knew who his first four champions were going to be in AEW. Obviously, all things going well and being equal and 
Yeah. No major that injuries was... and stuff like that, of course. But what did you think of this? Because you're a bit, hell, you're a Kenny Omega fan, aren't you? Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And it was just two guys that are obviously good friends in real life as well, just trying to elevate each other throughout the match. And you had Don Callis on the outside, who's, in my opinion, still one of the best sort of heel managers going up upside Heyman as well. So it was just a really good match. The moves we expected from them were just fantastic as well. And it's, I like the entrance of Hangman as well when they, they brought him in, when they done the whole, they showed his like, previous failures and stuff. That was good. Um, a good wee start to the match. And there was no fanfare really for Kenny. He was in and then that was it really underway. And as you said, there was a couple of bits of blood in this match as well. So, yeah, it was a good 20 odd minutes of just two guys who know how to wrestle each other. And Omega really, really had a bad match. And some of the, the shots he was hitting them with as well looked pretty stiff as well at times. I don't know if they were told to do that on each other or whatever. They both agreed maybe um, behind the scenes that that was what was going to happen. But I wanted to see him, the Hangman, kick out of the one wing of Danger. I think that was the one that we wanted to see, but it, they didn't really do it. Hangman hit that on Kenny. Kenny kicked out. And then you obviously had the, the Young Bucks come down uh, towards the end of the match. And that was quite a tease. I don't know about you, Xander, when you watched it. Um, when you seen them come out, I thought, here we go. It's going to be a, a schmoz finish. They're going to have everyone come in. Heels and faces come in. Dark order will run in. But it didn't happen. And I think it was... Was it happened with one of the... The buckshot from behind, and then he happened. He turned and looked at one of the bucks, and they, one of the bucks just nodded at him to go and finish him off. And I thought, right, this is that was good storytelling. There's a obviously what happened on Dynamite was Paige told them not to interfere, he would just basically kill the two of them. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be whether it's going to be they were fearful of it or whether they just wanted wanted Kenny to get his uh, sorry, uh, Paige to get his moment. So it was really well done, got the three, and then obviously the dark order come in and celebrate as well, which was a nice wee end to the, the pay-per-view. So, no complaints. It was a good storyline, as I said. It was nearly enough two years' worth of build, and that's long-term storytelling, and that's what wrestling's all about, really. And No, no complaints whatsoever. It was fantastic. And, Sandra, I know they almost missed the, the winning shot because they were too busy focusing on one of the young bucks doing a nod, but you would have probably enjoyed this match as well. Oh no, this is this is how you write a babyface title win. Like yep. I think I think this win is right up there with Brian at Mania Thirty. I think this win's up there with I mean gosh, think think of them all. Like you know, like I, I think uh, I, I think this is definitely right up there now. Uh, building that up for two years and uh, giving Paige that time off, which I understand was for completely different reasons that he wanted to do, but I think the time off actually sort of helped um, this win a bit better because it was sort of like I haven't seen Paige in a long time, and now, and now that when he when he is going to come back, he's going to go. He's going to have to go and run again straight away. Uh, I, I think I think it all sort of felt perfectly to just give him a belt here. Uh, I think if Omega beats him, it's sort of like, well, what do we do next with Paige? And what you do next with Paige right here is you give him the belt. So I, I thought this match was absolutely superb. I think it was written absolutely. I think it was written the perfect way. I don't think it's a better way you can do this match. We're definitely going to get rematches here. Um, Maybe on a, a, a dynamite, or you know, they'll try and do a rampage and see if they can beat SmackDown, which I'm not going to do anything. Uh, and, oh, and and you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be another good match, but I don't think they're going to beat this. If, if they do like 
another two matches for you know a, a three match series. They are not beating this match. This match is was far far too good. It was an absolutely brilliant main event. Um, and you know now we've got Brian Danielson versus Gage to look forward to. Jay Lethal made his AEW debut uh, not long before this match, and he'll definitely be uh, down the road at some point. You know, I, I imagine Sammy Guevara will beat will beat him in the Open Challenge. Don't see them giving, don't see them dropping the belt on him for uh, for the shot. So Jay you can imagine, will be right down the road there. You know, he's one of Ring of Honor's big legends. He was a champion for a very long time, won it multiple times as well. So he'll definitely be up there for an AEW World Title shot. Uh, yeah, very, very much looking forward to the the future of Adam Page and how how AEW sort of deal with their first ever sort of big babyface champion. Um. <sighs> I think you're right. I think we'll get rematches. Maybe just one, because I say AEW, to praise them, they, they don't really do it too often. Whether it'll be soon, whether it will be for when they, they switch TV channels, it would probably make sense. But then again, they've got the, the Daniel Bryan one to contend with. Um, overall, I say I never watched it all, so it's probably wrong of me to give an opinion. But what are you giving us out of the, the famous five stars, Si? What would you say? Who would this rank for you? Out of five? Oh, oh, Colin will, will go mental, but I'd probably give it a four. Um, Standard? It, yeah. Personally, for me, I'd, I'd probably go four, four point. What do you mean? I'll go 4.65. Uh, I feel like this is really, really good. Want to make this a five star? Chuck Codell's the fuck out of this. Um, give Brett Baker. Uh, I, I like Take On a lot, but you give Brett Baker a sort of bigger name there, probably gets five stars. Uh, cool. Uh, and Sai, what was your match of the night? Oh, probably the first match, MGF and Darby Allen, to be completely honest. Um, just a great opener to a pay per view, and nah, no complaints on that whatsoever. So that's it. Xander, your match of the night? Oh, definitely Rhodes and Pat. No, um, it was. It was <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to the main event. Uh, I thought. I thought the tag title match was good. Uh, of course, MGF and, and Allen was brilliant. Uh, but Omega and Page was definitely the story. It was, it was the bigger story heading into it. Even with Pumpkins in there, I think Omega Hangman was still the bigger story heading into it. Biggest story to end it, uh, and it will still be the biggest story after it as well. So I'll go with Omega and Page. Um, again, it's hard for me to judge because I never watched it all, but I would probably go with MGF. I thought that that set yeah. the bar for Fantastic. the for the night ahead. Um, right, lads, we have went long. We always try to keep these to an hour. Uh, so thanks to the both of you. Thanks to Simon. No problem. Cheers again. Thanks to Xander. Thanks for having me on, mate. I, I, as I as I say every time, I, I do enjoy talking wrestling. So thanks for having me on again. And. We will we'll try and come back sooner rather than later because Survivor Series is soon. We'll definitely cover that. We'll review that. We'll put that in the book. And we'll also talk then about WWE releases. We'll sort of touch on WWE in small bits about this pod. But we'll come back. We'll talk about WWE's releases. We'll try and work out what the hell's happening in WWE just now because they're, they're booking to be a bit all over the place as in somebody's in a title match and the next thing they're released. But we'll do that. We'll try and book that for the week after Survivor Series. We'll see where the, the company's heading because usually from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania is peak WWE season. 
But thank you all for listening, and we will speak to you again very, very soon. From Quite the Thing Media. Oh, 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 oh.